Hi, how are you? Good, good. Hey, go ahead and grab your Bibles and join me in Proverbs chapter 13. That is where we are going to be at here this morning. We're going to be in verses uh, 20 and 21. So only a couple of verses here this morning, but Proverbs chapter 13. My name is Corey. I am the student ministries pastor at Harvest Indy South. Uh, yeah, that's right, baby. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's crazy to think about um, next month, three years ago, I was actually here in Avon uh, meeting with Pastor Doug and Pastor Rick, interviewing, uh, doing my final conversations before I joined on staff at Indy South. I think we were at a Greek place called, called Opa, which is incredible. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. And I need to go back. They had like this mac and cheese, this lasagna thing that just, it, it just worked on my spirit. Oh my goodness, it was wonderful. So, um, but yeah, but I mean, it's just cool to think about the history we have. Love Indy West, love Pastor Cody and the friendship that we have and the ministry that we've been able to do together. And so very glad to be here. So today I'm going to be talking to you guys about something um, that I believe is pivotal in your life right now, and that is uh, relationships with friends. And so um, around your age, I understand that, that this um, has to do a lot with your molding um, and your developing of who you become. When I was your age, um, I was introduced to two people who I loved very much. Um, we met through band class. Yes, I know, I was in band. I played trombone, fun fact. Uh, and I met them through football, but their names are Ben and Kevin. Uh, and they, have, they became my best friends um, for years to come. Uh, and so I came to know Christ around that time as well. And so for me, I was on fire for the Lord. Uh, I wanted to tell people about the gospel. I wanted to share with them Jesus. Uh, and so with these two brothers, I told myself, hey, like I am going to, um, to convert them. Uh, through my own strength, I'm going to share with them Jesus so much that they are going to come to know Christ. And yet, as a believer, um, I caught myself running out of girls' homes with them as their older brother came in. And so Kevin and I being skinny and athletic back then, we would hop fences, Benjamin being a little bit more chunky with a little bit more to love. Uh, he wouldn't necessarily uh, make the jump, but we escaped. And praise, well, we shouldn't say praise God for that because we were clearly sinning. Uh, but as a believer, I was doing that stuff. As a believer, I caught myself at the age of 12 on vacation with these brothers um, when their parents weren't around um, indulging in alcohol. And so um, where was the influence at? It wasn't necessarily me to them, but them to me, even though I thought in my mind in my own strength that I was going to have the influence. And so by the grace of God and his sovereignty at the age of 18, I was able to say goodbye to those friendships as the Lord and his goodness led me um, to Liberty University on an athletic scholarship uh, in which, honestly, that is a God-given open door um, while he um, while those two brothers continued down a path of women and alcohol and drugs to where now my good friend Benjamin passed away last year um, at a club. I think someone put drugs into um, his system that ultimately killed him. And then Kevin um, is very depressed. I would not be surprised if he called me today saying, hey, man, I am leaving this world. I'm committing. So he's that depressed. He had a beautiful fiance and two children and lost it all because of the path that he took. And by the grace of God, he kept me from that. 
the Lord kept me from that. And that wasn't because of my own strength, but because of his. But with all that to say, teens, it's important. The friends that we choose can have a heavy impact on us. And so as we look inside of this text here this morning, uh, we are going to spend some time looking at the benefits of having Christian friendships uh, versus having unbelieving friendships. And now this is hard. Because we see Jesus have relationships with unbelievers. He spent time with unbelievers. He calls us to um, love on people who don't love Jesus. But I believe there is context and purpose behind that. So we are going to look at a couple of points um, here today. So three, um, two that will come straight from this text. And then the third that will prompt you guys into discussion. Um, So we're just going to ask for the Lord to work on us. Um, I am too weak to give you my own knowledge, so we need to ask the Holy Spirit for his help. So let's pray, and then we'll dive into these couple of verses. And Father, God, you are so good. And I just thank you that we could just come here uh, and just spend a weekend um, just thinking and processing what your word says about all things relationships. Father, I ask um, that your spirit would speak, that your spirit would move, um, that you would pierce the hearts of those who need it. And Father, and that you would challenge us um, on the friendships that we have and just bring to light for us what these relationships, what these friendships should look like. So God, help us today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 13, take a look at verse 20 with me. Let's begin reading there. And it says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I can hang out here all day, but we can't because we have another session and I have to fish tonight and I've been waiting for it all week. I'm excited. So we have to be brief with this sermon. Sorry about it. But anyway, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, whoever walks with the wise, they become wise, but those who walk with the companion of fools will suffer harm. Walking with people means to do life with people. And the majority of your friendships, um, you are walking with someone. And oftentimes with our friendships, we become like the people who we walk with. For example, um, old married couples, not only do they both smell like baby powder and death, um, but, but oftentimes, right, they, they are like the same people, right? I mean, it's kind of strange. It's kind of weird how, how people who have been married for, for 50, 60 years, I pray no one has been married for 50 or 60 years in the room because I just called them baby powder and death. Oh, yikes. But like, but, but so like they oftentimes are like each other. Who in here would say that they um, are, that they act just like their best friend? Who in here would say that? Okay, a few of us. I was expecting more, but... We're still going to wing it, right? So, like, I would say that I act just like the best friends that I have. For example, my beautiful wife and I, we are very similar now, but we weren't always that way. Um, We are naturally different. But as time is gone, we have molded into each other. We've been friends for six, seven years, been married for a year and a half. Um, We are very different. I am very tall. She is very short. She doesn't look a day over 22. I look 45. Um, I am black. She is white, which means we will produce some very beautiful mixed babies. Um, We, and like, I mean, so, so she has a very gentle heart. She is naturally more sensitive. 
I um, don't lean on that side. I, like the Lord has done a lot of chiseling at my heart with my anger, that is real, that's real talk. Um, and also she can cry at the drop of a hat uh, and I struggle with that. But, so my wife, she does this thing with words. Um, I call them bre abreves and she abbreviates everything. Instead of saying chicken sandwich, she, she will say chick sand. Instead of saying ramen, she says rom. And so like now I do that and I hate it. But I can't help it because, because she has such an influence on me. And even this, um, my, my sensitive side of my old age of 45 is coming out. She, so like back in the day, so in college, I legitimately, I've never cried during a movie. I legitimately tried once. I grabbed a, lot, a laptop. Um, hey, this is transparency here. It's church. I took the movie The Notebook. I never thought I would tell this to anybody. And, and I sat in a room and I watched the notebook. It was like, okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to just be vulnerable and I'm gonna cry. I didn't cry, I got mad at the fact that I didn't cry. Come on, man. I'm like, why? Um, but, but then like two weeks ago, her and I were watching a TV show and, and the sad part came on and I start to feel this weird feeling of like my head become numb and like in tears were, were balling up. I still didn't cry, but I'm getting there. You know, but like, but all of that to say, though, um, we are oftentimes like the people who we walk with. We just mold into them naturally, like me with my other two friends, like Ben and Kevin, although a believer, um, which just made me question my salvation, um, I oftentimes caught myself indulging in the trash that they were in because we walked not with the wise, but with a companion of fools. And so, again, who we spend time with, is who, we, is who we become most like. And hear me say this, teens. This is pivotal in the life of a Christian. Pivotal. You see in the Gospels, the disciples, uh, they spent, they devoted their life to walking with Jesus. And they were molded more into Jesus even until the point of death. I think every apostle, well, Judas committed suicide, John died of old age, but every other apostle died like Jesus because they walked with him so much, they were willing to, to like Christ, put, lay down their life. They said, like, he died, I want to die. I don't care how, but as long as the name of Christ is being furthered. And when they spent time with Jesus, they became more like him. And, it, and even as people spent time with the apostles, they became more like him. That's why discipleship is more than once a week at Panera Bread. It is a life-on-life life thing, laying down your life, opening up your home, even though at times it may be hard. And I know for you all, you don't have a home, you have your parents' home. Um, but for you to just invest all that you have into other believers, uh, into unbelievers, um, that's so important, but to make sure that it is in healthy context. And so we see here in verse 20, those who walk with the wise, they become wise. But we also see a benefit that rests in verse 21. Let's read the whole text again and get to verse 21. But starting in verse 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Disaster pursues sinners, but the righteous are rewarded with good. You can only get good by walking with those who are good. What is the good that we obtain? It is not a new Xbox. It is not, I don't know what girls like, I'm sorry. But I mean, it's not, like, like it's not, it's not the scholarship. 
Um, it's not material things. The good that we receive um, is life and life more abundantly in Jesus. That is what it is. We get life and life more abundantly in Christ. Now, what you see in this text, though, is that the good is in contrast with disaster. Okay, you either get one or the other. There is no lukewarmness. There is no middle ground. Um, uh, in football, they oftentimes taught me, hey, like, you either get better or you get worse, right? There is no purgatory. It's either heaven or hell. You either get good or you're walking down a path of disaster. And who you walk with will help you determine that life more abundantly in Jesus is what walking with the wise will get you. Which brings me to my first point. It'll be on the screen. And it is Christian friendships simple. Christian friendships help us grow in Christ. That's the first thing that we need to know here this, this afternoon, this morning, whatever it is. What time is it? 10.54, this morning. Okay? Christian friendships help us grow in Christ. What you see here on the stage beside me. So my wife does a lot of great things. Uh, with our backyard, but one thing she does not normally do well um, is take care of her plants, but this one has had the grace of God on its life. And so, um, so here you see this wonderful plant. This plant represents a believer who walks with the wise. It is lively. It is beautiful. It has, it has um, bore fruit. It bears fruit. It bears these, these, these beautiful petals. And the reason why it does is because it has something to pour into it. This is very similar to us walking with other followers of Jesus. The benefit is that they're pouring more Jesus into us. But let's say that we're not walking with other followers of Jesus. Oftentimes we get dry and shriveled up and we become bitter and angry, which makes us look like this pitiful plant that is also in our backyard. That, that poor thing. But, but what a great, so when we're, when we're walking with the Lord, we are being nourished. We are, when we're walking with people, we are being nourished because they're pouring more Jesus inside of us. When we walk with people who love Christ, they are pouring more into us. But like myself, I was like this for the first six years of my following of Jesus. I had no discipleship. I had no people that, that I was walking with. There was there was one Christian, one other Christian at my high school, and we were not close. And yet, so I saw my soul drying up and withering away and slowly starting to accept sin. And it, again, by the grace of God, he kept me from indulging in that. And so may we be those who walk with the wise, other followers of Jesus. Now, we have to embrace the friendships that make us like this. So we are going to now turn our attention to the second part of verse 20 and then into verse 21. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Disaster, which is also evil, pursues sinners. Now, as we read this, those two verses, a lot of us hate this because the, the friendships of fools that we have oftentimes make us feel valued. They make us feel important. Um, they give us the status that we desire. Uh, the friendships with the unbelievers that I had, unfortunately, even more 
than with, with believers, they made me feel valued and they made me feel loved. Uh, but don't buy into that lie because, as it says, disaster pursues the sinner. Because all the sinner does is help us gratify this thing called the flesh. And as Pastor Cody talked about, we want to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our might, all of our might. And we want to allow for him to gratify us versus the things of sin. And so versus the fools give you a deep sense of belonging for us to find that in Jesus. But we see in the text, though, the companion of fools will suffer harm. So these fools are people who don't want to submit to the things of God. They are the people who want to submit to the things of the world. And it says that, hey, we will suffer harm. We will suffer harm. I have baggage that I've had to work through from those six years that I heavily walked with unbelievers. And don't think that you're a void of that, because you aren't. Nobody in here is, is, is strong enough to fight against uh, the power that Satan has through the operation of fools and through the operation of the indulgence of this world. Don't be a companion of the fool. People, don't make them the people who you do life with, because you will be headed down a terrible path. Again, Ben and Kevin. Like, my heart breaks. I mean, Ben did not know Jesus. He didn't. And so right now, this brother is in a place of eternal damnation. Not trying to scare you, just being real, bro. Just being real. He, like, it's, it's over. Kevin's heading down that same path. Because of all throughout their life, the companion of fools in which they chose. And I have tons of former teammates, former friends who are also dead and who are also in prison. And just who you do life with impacts you greatly. And then verse 21, disaster pursues the sinner. So evil pursues people who walk with the unwise, with the fool. And this proves true. This proves true in this text. What I want to talk about um, are disasters that could find those who hang with fools. So let's say that you're hanging out with people who are considered fools, people who don't know Christ. What are disasters that could face you? I have four of them. The first one is this, a burdened thought life. A burdened thought life will guarantee find you if you are a believer and you are spending all of your time indulging in relationship with people who aren't believers. It happened to me because they got me indulged in all kinds of stuff that brought me tons of guilt and shame that took me years to get out of. A burden thought life is 100% guaranteed with your purchase. A burden thought life. Second one, how about physical damage? Physical damage will come to those who are the companion of fools, whether it's through drugs, whether it's through alcohol, whether you um, get promoted into violence, whether it's, it's you getting abused somehow through hanging out with a companion of fools. Physical damage, emotional damage is the third one. A big one is where we're oftentimes told by, by, the, by the fool that they love us. And so because we don't know what true love is, we oftentimes catch ourselves doing stuff for the fool, damaging our emotions so that we could feel valued 
versus running to a Lord and to community who will love us the way that the Lord tells us to be loved and who will love us the way that the Lord has called them to be loved. So a burden, thought life, physical damage, emotional damage. How about addictive behavior? I am not a fool to sit here and think that some of you aren't addicted to things like alcohol, like drugs, like pornography. On the south side, we have um, drugs are epidemic, bro. Like, I mean, people all throughout school selling. Uh, we have kids in our youth ministry um, who I know are selling drugs and who are using drugs. Um, and I'm just waiting on the Lord to just grip them. I'm waiting on the Lord to radically change their life. But these four things are guaranteed to happen if you do life, if you are companions with fools. And so that leads me to my second point, and that is this friendships with unbelievers, poorly phrased sentence, but will naturally affect us negatively, okay? So friendships with unbelievers will naturally affect us negatively. Guarantee. Makes me think about a pastor out in San Diego, California. Um, his name is Miles McPherson. I don't know if I have a photo of him on there or not, but um, oh, here he is. Boom. Miles McPherson, my dog. I legitimately, this is a true story. I flew to San Diego for a day when I was in Dallas, and I went to his church because I loved him so much, and I was going to, it was a Saturday, but if the doors were not closed, my plan was to go into his office and tell him to give, give me a job. I love him that much. So I may not have been here if the doors weren't locked. So God is good. But anyway, but Miles McPherson has a very unique story. Played in the NFL for a long time. Um, and then while in the NFL, he developed these friends. And these friends um, one day invited him to a hotel room uh, where, where Miles, he went in. Uh, they close the door. This guy rolls out a bag with this white powdery substance, this crack cocaine. Uh, and then so that was the day where Miles McPherson's love affair with this drug captivated his heart to a point to where he had to keep going back, to the point to where he had to go learn. He went to a crack house once to learn how the drug was formed and made. Uh, even to a point to where he said that I was one day staring in a mirror and I was saying, don't put the powder in my nose. Don't put the powder in my nose. Don't put the powder in my nose. And then right after saying that, he did it. He became an addict until the Lord Jesus rescued him uh, and saved him out of this sin and bondage. But what began him there? The friendship. Walking with, the walking with fools made him the companion of fools. And so he suffered harm and he suffered disaster. Teenagers, be careful of who you walk with. So what does this mean for our friendship with people who don't follow Jesus? I want to, um, here in a second, have us gather in groups, and I'm going to prompt you with a few questions that I will need you to write down because I didn't throw them on a slide. But what does this mean for our friendships, our relationships with unbelievers? This ultimately is for you to determine. But one thing that I do want to say, and this should be on a slide, but it's this. Every relationship that you have should be with the intention to see them in heaven one day. If you are a follower of Jesus, every relationship that you have should be with the intention to see them one day 
in heaven. So for you to process and think, what does this mean for your Christian friendships? What does this mean for your friendships with people who are not followers of Jesus? So I have a few questions. We are going to break apart and we are going to go into groups of, let's say, three or four. Um, and I want, want you to answer a few questions first, and then we are going to process um, session one and session two after you answer these three questions. But the first question is, do you agree with this statement? Why or why not? Give you guys time to write that down. Do you agree with this statement? Why or why not? If you agree with this statement, this next question should apply to you, but how should this statement change your relationship with your friends who don't believe? Oh, here they are. You guys rock. Man, that's awesome. Perfect, so I don't have, I don't have to say them. Well, I'm gonna say the, say the third one anyway, it's too late. And then the third one, what are some immediate steps that you can take to change those friendships, okay? So when you write those down, um, find groups of three or four, go and process these, and then you guys have about 35 minutes uh, to then process sessions one and two as well. Let me pray, and then we'll ready break, okay? Let me pray for you guys really quick. Father, um, again, thank you just for your word. God, we thank you for just prompting us on relationships and even this, this passage right here. God, may we just be people um, who obey Proverbs 13 and who look to walk with the wise, Father. Um, and so, God, just um, be with us as we have this discussion. Allow for us to be open and honest and transparent. Um, and you do your work. In Jesus' name, amen.